Hey, Riverheads. Ooh, that was a choice. Uh, it's two-thirds of your host here, Daniel, um, with a quick pre-show note. Uh, if you have been watching along with us, uh, you might notice that this is not actually the next episode in order, but the one after that. Uh, this is episode six, I think. Uh, I'm editing it right now, so I should know that, but I don't. Um, I think it's six instead of five is what happened. Um, we had an issue with the audio on, on five. Um, and, uh, who wants to re-record those? Especially that one is, uh, uncomfortable. Not a very great episode, so I don't feel bad about losing it. Um, so, yeah, we're just gonna skip directly to episode 6. Sorry if you have been watching weekly with us and, and are now need to, uh, catch up or go into this blind or, or whatever. Uh, sorry about that. Life happens sometimes. Um, also, a brief, uh, content warning up at the front. Both episode 5 and then this episode uh, do deal with an uh, attempted rape, and uh, this episode more with the fallout of that, um, so we will be discussing that if that's something that makes you uncomfortable. Feel free to skip this one as well. Again, these two, this pair of episodes that deal with this situation weren't all that fun. Um, they're just okay episodes at best. I think the one before this one's actually more of a bad episode than anything. Uh... We also might make a reference somewhere in this episode to the boys, and that's because um, the only good part of last week's episode was uh, when Josie and the Pussycats and then also Veronica barge into the room and uh, beat up Nick St. Clair and then throw him on the ground. And they form a kick circle and start kicking him, like in the finale of the boys. Um, and so that's what we're referencing. That's a very good joke that I'm sorry you didn't get to hear. Other than that, you're not missing much. And uh, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Into Riverdale, a Riverdale rewatch podcast. As always, I am two-thirds of your host, and uh feel like maybe the two halves of this episode uh could have been paired with other things that didn't give me tonal whiplash. But I'm Daniel, and joining me is of course the other third, Jesse. Hi, I'm I forgot I for wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. I'm Cheryl being very okay with trauma. Yeah, uh, seems like maybe she's learned to compart- car- compartmentalize, words are hard sometimes, uh, from her youth, Yeah, and uh, being raised by, you know, the Blossoms, but we'll get into that. Yep. Before we get into all of that, though, uh, let's do an actor spotlight on, let's get back to the teens, because that's what this show is about, it's about teens. Um, so we're gonna do uh, the actress that plays Tony Topaz, Vanessa Morgan. Uh, this, uh, so her full name is Vanessa Morgan. Ms. Ray, M Z I R A Y. She was born, oh, almost uh, a year after I was born, March 23rd, 1992. Ooh. Uh, very close. We're getting, to, yeah. we're getting to people who are younger than us, which feels bad. Which isn't a lot because we're both almost 30. It, it doesn't help. No, it doesn't help, but still, it feels bad. Yeah. Because I still feel like... Uh, I actually, I think that puts her on the older end. I think most of them were, like, born 94 to 96. Oh, yeah, most of them are, like, the same age as my little yeah. sister. 
Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's her and uh, uh, the actress who plays Josie, who are in our age range. Uh, shocking no one that the two POC can get away with playing younger than they are by a considerable degree. Oh, it's almost it's almost as if uh, you know, we we have we actually can we actually age gracefully or something. Yeah. You know. Um. So she's uh, known professionally as Vanessa Morgan, and she is a Canadian actress. Oh. She's known for her uh, roles as Beatrix Bird Castro in the MTV drama series Finding Carter. Uh, as Amanda Pierce in the family teen comedy series The Latest Buzz, and Sarah in the Disney Channel slash Teletoon film My ba- Babysitter's a Vampire, uh, as well as a television series of the same name. So she's been around uh, doing the kind of teen TV uh, circuit. So, of course, she ends up on the CW teen drama Riverdale as Tony Topaz. Uh, a brief aside, uh, which I spotted when I was pulling up her Wikipedia page, how tall do you think she is? Five... Five. She's five two. She pulls. She looks taller. Yeah, I'm guessing they probably put her in heels or something, or like make her stand on a box to make sure that you know visually, uh, it looks nice when she's standing next to people because she doesn't look five two on the show. No. I was surprised as well. well. I'll say like I'll say that um like I know Cole Sprouse isn't like super tall, but like mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, he's still probably considerably taller than i mean even if he's like five six which is my height five two is gonna look short next to that yeah that's that's as tall as my that's as tall as my uh little sister uh i'm i'm guessing that uh much like in the x files they just have a box she stands on for a lot of scenes to make sure she's of the appropriate height for filming Uh, wait wait they they could have her just in platform shoes i mean that's a appropriate for this show (laughs) that's possible it is certainly possible i'm just saying that you know um, oftentimes they just use a box. That's what they did for uh, Miss Miss Gillian. Is that her last name or is that her first name? Gillian <laughs> Can't fucking remember right now. Miss Anderson. Then, uh, yes, because she is quite short, and uh, the other guy is a bit taller, so they had to stand on a box for a lot of shots so that they could both be the uh about the same height. Uh, for you know, uh, staging purposes. Well, for for someone who you definitely know, Tom Cruise. Yes, because he's shorter. Uh, than another me. man who uses a box. Yes, he's shorter than me. I'm very short. <laughs> he's a small man. Yeah. Um, and that's where all his uh rage and ability to do stunts comes from. Yep. Uh, so Morgan was born in Ottawa, Ontario. Her mother is Scottish, and her father is Tanzanian. She began singing at the age of six. She sang at community events, telethons, and performed for Child Help, uh, which is. A U.S. nonprofit org dedicated to the prevention and treatment of child abuse, uh, and was a regular guest entertainer for the College of the Desert Scholarship Foundation. Uh, she was spotted by a Hollywood agent in 1999 and earned a scholarship at a Hollywood Acting Academy. Um, so she's been in the game for a minute, unlike a lot of the main cast. Uh, in 1999, Morgan won the Junior Miss America pageant and won first place vocalist at the National Date Festival. In 2000, she won first place in the African-American vocal competition. In her early life, she was a member of the competitive NTA tennis program at the Ottawa Athletic Club. She graduated from Colonel by secondary school in 2010 and studied philosophy at Queen's University. Quite an accomplished young woman. I guess no longer that young, but quite an accomplished woman. Uh, I'm surprised that she has such a strong singing background, because they don't really give her a lot of singing to do on the show, and... 
this there's one thing this show loves to do is shoehorn in singing whenever they can. But they seem to really like uh, making all their uh, people of color sing. Uh, yes. I mean, plus uh, Archie, but like plus Archie. But, but yes. like, I, I, not about that. But you're correct. Yeah, like almost all the people of color <laughs> sing except for. I'm uh, I am assuming that is just a coincidence of uh. A lot of them ended up having musical backgrounds, and they were like, "Well, we'll just do songs." Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't um, applying anything yeah. insidious. Uh, it was just, it just, it's just yeah, a coincidence. It's just, it's just for uh, also just for how often this show loves to be like, and here's a musical number that Tony Topaz does not sing a whole lot. It's that's a little weird to me. Yeah, that is. You would think that they'd find some way. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Um, but as far as her acting career goes, she made her acting debut on the VH1 film A Diva's Christmas Carol in 2000. Um, and another appearance in the film Frankie and Alice in 2010. Uh, she became known in 2007 for her role as Amanda Pierce in Family Teen Comedy, The Latest Buzz. We covered that. She also played Marion Hawthorne in the 2010 Disney Channel film Harriet the Spy, colon, Blog Wars. Oh my god. Um, that is yep. such a name. Sure is. <laughs> See, it was just like, oh, Harriet uh, the Spy, I recognize that. Blog wars. Yep. Oh, okay. oh no, this is the uh, this is in your this is in your dad's Harry the Spy. This is updated for the modern era. I'm looking at the cover and how they have one girl's holding a Blackberry, the other one's holding one of those uh ones where you turn it sideways and you can uh push it up to open the keyboard. Oh, the sidekick. So, yes, uh, 2010 was where that this was at. Ooh. So those were hip phones back then. Nice. Uh, we've already covered my babysitters of vampire. She also appeared in the 2011 Disney Channel film Geek Charming. A lot of Disney work. Uh, she has a recurring role in the second season of the Disney Channel comedy series Ant Farm for four episodes. Um, in 2013, she was also on Degrassi, The Next Generation. And she was, in 2017, part of the main cast for the fantasy drama series The Shannara Chronicles as Lyria for the second season on Spike. Oh, I think I might remember her from that one. Quite possibly. Yeah. Uh, she also competed in the first season of the CTV reality competition, The Amazing Race Canada, with her sister, Selena Mizray. Uh, do you want to guess wh- uh, what place they finished? Uh, Tanzania? N- no, what, what place? Oh, what place? Oh, okay, finished? sorry. You said The Great Race. I was just like, okay, cool. Goes to her place. Uh, second place. Pretty close. They ended up third place. Oh, third place. Okay. How, 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 how many? Uh, I'm assuming a lot because it's the Amazing Race. Um, they get a bunch of people on there, right? Oh, I don't know. I've I see. I don't know. I've race. never seen it. I just know that sometimes people win, and that's it. That is typically how competition shows work. Well, sometimes yes, people correct. don't win in a competition show. Really? Yeah. It's name one. <laughs> the one that I'm thinking of right now. Okay. The one that I want to run, where like you either like one person has to win or everyone loses. Like everyone, I don't know what it All is. Right. The only th- way I could think of it is making it a blood sport. I don't want to go that route. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Jesse, for sharing your thoughts. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm <laughs> gonna share my thoughts and not speaking without thinking. Um. So in July of last year, she got engaged to profess- professional baseball player Michael Kopech. They were married uh, January the following year, and then in June of this year, she. <laughs> Or Kopech filed for divorce. I think we covered that previously. Um, and then, oh, wow. And then uh, the following month of July, 
she announced her pregnancy. Oof. <laughs> that is Ooh. that is a series of events. That is a... S- in a very short time period. Oh, man, that is... That is over... Almost exactly over the course of a year, she got engaged, got married, got divorced, and got pregnant. <laughs> and that is... And that's... That was... Their pregnancy was announced during the COVID months, right? Uh, yes. Oh! So was their divorce. Oh, man! They got married right before COVID. Uh, then they got divorced during COVID, and now she's pregnant. <laughs> that is just... Ooh, man, I... It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I want to, like... Man, I want to send out good vibes to her because man, that's a <laughs> yeah. That that is a uh, rough series of events for sure. On top of that, you can't enjoy yourself because everything shut down. Yeah, yeah you can't really blow off steam. All right, uh, we've covered her filmography pretty extensively. So uh, briefly, she was in a few music videos in 2008. She was in uh wait uh, okay okay sorry. She was in the music video Stand Up, and I believe this is her music video, if I'm understanding this correctly. I guess she has put out some songs. So Stand Up uh, as herself, and then 2018 Be My Joker uh, as herself as well. So both of those, I believe, are her songs. And then she was also in uh, 2019's Higher Love by Kygo and Whitney Houston. Okay, so I have a question. Yes. Is Be My, is Be My Joker a uh, We Live in a Society? I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. I'm gonna listen to a little bit of it. I might even put some of it in the podcast. I don't know. Is it? Uh, see, uh, before before you get to it, like, what year was it? Mm-hmm. Last year? Uh, 2019. Yes, oh, 18. 2018. 2000. Oh man, that was a year before the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Damn it! Yep. I was that one. Okay. Now I've let you in my ride. No, it is about the Joker. Uh, the the chorus line is, "I'm Harley Quinn, be my Joker." Oh no, don't! Uh, I'm assuming she's one of those people who has not really looked into the Harley Quinn Joker dynamic and just knows, "Hey, they're both clowns, so they're like together." Uh, it was a fine song. It was just a very kind of bog standard singer songwriter. I play the piano and then I sing on top of it. No additional pieces. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I feel like if she does ever get a, a singing thing, it will be just fine. Yeah, show. it will it will be okay. Um, fun fact about Harley Quinn and the Joker, though. Uh, a, a few years ago now, this is probably around 2000, uh, 2015, maybe even. It was a while ago, but um, uh, at my job, there was there was a guy there um who was talking about Halloween. Appropriately enough, it was around Halloween time. It was talking about Halloween and uh, what they was going to go for uh, as a couple's costume. And he was like, uh, I want to be the Joker, but I can't figure out what my girlfriend should be. Uh, thinking maybe like Catwoman or Poison Ivy oh or something. God. Yeah, and I was like, oh, bud, I'm about to change your whole life right now. <laughs> you're about to learn. Uh, just Your world's about to open up a million percent, yeah. dude. Uh, in, in his defense, uh, apparently the only Batman contact he had ever consumed was the Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> so he just like straight up did not know Harley Quinn was a thing. I was like, buddy, don't even worry about it. I got you. I have at least a decade worth of comics for you to read. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So uh, we're back back to the awards. We have some uh, awards. Uh, she has won and some awards she's been nominated for. So in 2009, she uh, was nominated for the Young Artist Award, Best Performance in a TV Series, Leading Young Actress, Comedy or Drama, uh, for the latest buzz. Did not win that one. Um, but then in uh, 2014, the Planet Africa Awards awarded her the Rising Star Award for her work as herself. I don't know what that is. Um, uh, like. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Yeah. But, uh, and here's where it matters. We're at the Teen Choice Awards for 2018. Uh, the categories are for Riverdale. The uh, categories are Choice Breakout TV Star and Choice Scene Stealer. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? Did she win either of those? Um, I mean, I think a breakout star would be good because, yeah, she did break out. But unfortunately, if Cheryl Blossom does not get uh, every <laughs> single one of the seed stiller things, I think it's a lie. It's a lie to Shab. Um, well, since this is her, she actually won both of those. Since this is her breakout season, I'm guessing I mean, Cheryl's been a little bit more subdued this season. Um, and maybe that's why. Uh, but uh, she won both of those, so congratulations. I mean, for for Cheryl, I mean, her first appearance in this season was her walking into walking into a hospital, saying no word, and then winking at oh, someone. Oh, that's Cheryl and winking. That was pretty fucking good. <laughs> God, I love Cheryl. And then uh, 2019 MTV Movie and TV Choice Awards uh, nominated her for Best Musical Moment. She did not win that one. Um, and then Teen Choice Awards for 2019 nominated her for Choice Ship. Uh, and she did not win that one either. And as we've already uh, discovered, that was Choice Ship with uh, Cheryl, because Netflix already spoiled that for you. So I don't feel bad. Yeah, saying that. like I, I, I don't like it when Netflix spoils me on stuff. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, uh, unfortunate. Yeah. But there you go. That is Vanessa Morgan. Well, she's she's has a lot more, uh, a lot more to go off of. Yeah, she's got a pretty good career going. Pretty consistent, looks like. Um. Really milking that teen thing for as long as she can, which will probably be for another ten years. Yeah, she could <laughs> probably be. She could probably be in her thirties until she starts have still being cast for like twenty year olds stuff. Yeah. So you know. All right. So this is season two, episode six, chapter nineteen, Death Proof, which I recognize finally that is definitely a movie. We all know Death Proof. Yeah. Um, and an appropriate title for this episode i think if i'm remembering correctly i remember thinking that when i watched this but i don't actually remember much about this episode. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be honest uh my kitchen was half flooding when i was watching this mm. and uh you know i kind of you know what panicked. that's that's fine because this episode wasn't that great i'm gonna be honest <laughs> yeah the fact that it didn't stick in my head means that there was yeah. a lack of homoerotic uh isis videos so in general, uh, season two is my least favorite season of the three I've watched. Um, there are good moments, but overall, I think it's probably their weakest season. And it's because there's episodes like this, where it just sort of happens, and I don't care. And they try to do a serious topic, and they can't, because they're Riverdale. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jughead's blogging or some shit. Tony stayed the night, but we'll find out in about 15 minutes that... Maybe not even 15 minutes. Maybe it was like 10 minutes. Maybe it was five minutes. I can't remember. But we, we learned that they didn't actually do anything. No. They made out a little bit. No, they PG-13 grope sesh. Yes. That is how they uh, Tony describes it. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, uh, Betty is having buyer's regret on feeding uh, Nick Sinclair's name to the Black Hood. So she has run, because she can't drive either, I'm assuming, because she's probably 15. Uh, run all the way to the hotel. Um, and the doors are jar, and she's like, oh no. But actually, everything's fine, and Nick's fine, unfortunately. Playing with a steak knife? Like, that's supposed to be badass. Come to finish off what your friends did? Like, yeah, girls do get stuffed up. (laughs) They come out of nowhere. That that was a real highlight scene in that episode. Yeah. Uh. Um. Um, So... Uh, Sheriff Keller shows up because uh, Cheryl and Veronica went to the station and filed a complaint. Uh, but uh, he's rich, so and Keller's a little bootlicker, so much like how he bent over for the Blossoms, he's gonna bend over for the St. Clairs. It sucks because he's because he's a very zaddy, and I don't like that he is a bootlicker. Yeah. Uh. Betty removing the ringtone for a default ringtone now. No longer playing Lollipop. Maybe they only had rights for it for that one episode. I don't know. Maybe they realized it was actually really expensive to play Lollipop that many times. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, it's a CW. They have the everything that Warner Brothers owns, right? Oh, true. I don't know. I'm just speculating on why they uh, could have possibly decided to no longer use Lollipop for his ringtone. Yeah, I think they're just cowards. Um, but, you know, he's doing, the, he's, he's doing his thing where he's like, in that moment of weakness, you showed me your true self. You're just like me, Betty Cooper. It's, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then Archie texts, hey, you up? <laughs> Verbatim. That's not me making a joke. It's nine in the morning, but Archie's like, hey, you up? <laughs> if it wasn't, if it wasn't like nine in the morning, it would have been just like, damn, Archie, you're in bed with Veronica yeah. right now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Um, so now we have the Lodges and uh, Penelope Blossom meeting for a tete uh, via what had happened last night. And Penelope's a real bastard of a person and is like, I don't, this will damage our family name. Nothing actually happened with Cheryl, so we're going to bury this and no one's going to talk about this anymore. That is all. And Cheryl hears it through the door um, and is very hurt by it. Yep. As As one would be. Oh, yeah, Cheryl gets to act this episode. Yeah. She doesn't get to be fun, but she gets to act, so I guess that's nice. I mean, it's nice. I just I just like yeah. it when she... Yeah. You know. uh, Cheryl, I think the actress for Cheryl, more than anyone else, kind of knows that she's in a shit show of a TV show and just leans into it, while everyone else is still trying to, like, be like, no, I'm a serious actor doing a real role. Um, but she does get to do some some serious acting in this episode, so good for her. Yeah. Uh, not not a lot else to say about this scene here. Yeah, like Cheryl kind of like almost immediately goes to comp- comp- compartmentalize. It's a hard word, right? It is. It's a hard word. Uh, car- compartmentalize. There yeah. we go. I always want to cut out the ment part, and that just fucks it all up. Car- Tried it again. Compartment. Oh, lie. Oh, okay. Well, you know what we're saying. Yeah, we cut to uh, Pop's uh, chocolate shop. Um, and. Uh, for, you know, a little uh, after uh, after morning brunch, you know, after a long night of groping each other. Yeah, uh, Jughead pretty much was like, yo, mi casa, su casa. 
and and uh, Tony's like, hey, like I kind of like girls a little bit more, blah blah blah. Yeah. And Jughead's just like, oh, that's cool, whatever. Uh, yeah. And which is a very mature thing for a fifty-year-old boy to do. Right. Um, I mean, what what are you going to do about it? And also, he is definitely not over Betty, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. She also says, hey, you're definitely not over Betty. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's like, yeah, we didn't really do anything. It was just kind of an in-the-moment thing. Um, it's not going to continue because. One, I'm not I'm not anybody's rebound girl, and two, uh, I prefer girls to guys anyway. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, this would be a rebound thing. I'm definitely not over Betty. You're right. Yeah, and uh, Archie and <laughs> um, Betty are walking up to uh, to Pop's yes. chocolate shop. Because I mean, where the fuck else do you go? And, uh, and Betty's just like, oh no, he's with Tony, yeah. the girl. Yeah, they definitely look like they just had sex and are having an after morning brunch. Yep. Then, okay, can we count this as... Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she brought them to her instead of bursting in, but for sure, this is her just... So, basically, uh, Atlas Cooper is just like, yo, all of you who did Jingle Jangle and caused Cheryl to be raped, almost raped, come to my house now. Also, all your yeah. parents are here with Sheriff Keller. Yeah, I've gathered you all here today. To tell you some real bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like everyone, like almost the whole main cast is here. Yeah. In this one scene. Can you imagine how expensive this one shot was? God, yeah, they probably did this at like the start of their shoot cycle because they had to have everyone here. Because like, because like everyone, including Reggie, and I don't think we ever met his mom and dad until this moment. Yeah, no, this is the first time we meet Reggie's parents. Is he, is he, um, is he a half white in this show? Like, does, does do the show a white dad? Uh, no, they just show mom. We don't really get to mom. see the dad. He, the dad's standing there to the side, I thought. Or was that Hiram? That's Hiram. I can't really tell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then maybe it's just a single mother thing. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if they would show, because I know he's half, half white, half Asian, and they seem to be, be do pretty good about keeping the parents mm-hmm. similar the hacker's parents um but yeah basically it's just like yo who jingle jangle who who supplied it yeah. and reggie's just like yo i did it. it well he didn't do that i mean he but you know that's basically yeah. you know and yeah um and then um sheriff color being the little bitch he is is like uh well we can't press charges against nick st Clair because you are all on jingle jangle so none of your eyewitness accounts are valid uh, even though this happened well after the high war off, because it stays in your system, so uh, none of it counts, and we can't do anything about Nick Sinclair. And it's definitely not because he's got huge fucking rich parents. Yep. Um, and then the the uh, mayor McCoy is basically like, "Yo, we're just gonna go to Southside and like just arrest every like serpent, you know." Oh yeah, she's fucking pissed because her daughter did Jingle Jangles, which now she's gonna fucking raid the uh, Southside High. Which, speaking of, we cut to an article uh, to the guy who looks like a Cro-Magnum version of Hiram. Um, <laughs> which, again, attractive. He just looks mm. a little de-evolved from Hiram. <laughs> if I could say that. Uh, but yeah, the the anarchist uh, am, am, uh, am, uh, newspaper, the red and black um, that He's looking at the- Jackhead's putting out his first story, basically, yeah, and, it's, and it's about Jingle Jangle and uh, 
like how this high school can still be reformed or some shit. Yeah, and uh, and Archie being a being a pretty good being a pretty good friend is like, yo, yeah. Jughead, get the, get the fuck out. Um, yeah, Archie being Archie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, um, they're fucking raiding the school. We need to get you the fuck out. Yeah, and uh, Jughead just happens to be close enough to the uh, fire exit. Um, yeah. To not be caught in the raid, and you see all the you know serpents we've seen so far. Even the ones that haven't really talked. Yeah. Yeah, they, they show a bunch of serpents getting busted, and Jughead's like, no, I gotta go back for Tony. And Archie's like, no, we gotta get out of here, bro. Yeah, and also um, you have, um, yep. also apparently they found, it looked like weed. Looked like a bunch of blood. Yeah, it was weed. Some, yeah. Because we've established that uh, serpents do deal in weed. Which is, I, I mean, we know this isn't yeah. Vermont, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it makes sense if it's New York, because New York is still illegal. Uh, didn't it Somehow. Didn't they? Oh, did they finally pass I think, it? I thought they it, did recreational, like, like last election it cycle. Might, oh, it might be. Uh, I think medical was available for a long time, but, like, recreational was, like, surprisingly late for, you know, New York. Yeah. You'd think would be a lot earlier than it was. Yeah. Um, And then... uh. Veronica continues to tell everyone about how Nick almost assaulted her, and everyone's like, why have you not told anyone, like, with authority about this? And she's like, well, my dad's an evil man, and he might actually physically kill Nick St. Clair, and I don't want to go that far. I don't want that on my hands, so I haven't. I could see Hiram standing over his body with a knife shoved into mm-hmm. his chest. Yeah, finally, we uh, at the end of this episode, we get uh, an understanding of why Hiram is talked about as a, such a scary man. Because he delivers those lines very well. He does. Um, yeah, so then we... Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah, Betty gets a call from the Black Hood. And it turns out that he's just like, oh, they're going after all the serpents. And be like, well, I'm not going after the serpents. I want to go after the, 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 the sugar man. The guy who makes <laughs> yeah, the, He's failed this city, the sugar man. <laughs> Give me the sugar man. <laughs> You're already friends with, with with Cheryl, who was the, the person who dad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess Clifford Blossom was a distributor and the Sugar Man is his supplier. Um, It's a fucking dumb name, but I guess we have a beloved horror character named the Candy Man. So, like, whatever. I guess it's fine. Also, I'm pretty sure there was a document out at this time called Finding the Sugar Man. No, well, maybe. There's about this like one hit wonder in the U.S. that got like super popular in the South uh, uh, South uh, Africa. Okay, and it was a South African uh, documentary maker trying to find the person who wrote like his favorite song. Oh, up. gotcha, gotcha. That's cool. Yeah, so I know that was the thing in 2010, and not now. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, Jughead and Archie are at Pops because I guess they can just skip school. Um. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, it's like, oh, it's a police day, and Archie's just like, well, you're you're free. That's fine, <laughs> basically. And uh, Jughead storms out because you know, yeah. I mean, because Jughead's still fucking pissed at both of them. Yeah. And uh, I can't tell if this is a uh, wise of Archie or not, but he doesn't tell uh, Jughead about Betty's whole situation. He's just like, you should talk to Betty. Yeah. I can't tell if that was the right call or not, but anyway, uh, Betty has shown up at Cheryl's place to ask about the Sugar Man. 
Cheryl is sunbathing, even though it looks very overcast. And a really, f- and it's probably kind of cold. I don't. I guess it's like springtime now. I guess winter's over, so maybe it's okay. But it's not really like tanning weather. Well, I mean, I think think she just needed to be extra somehow in this scene. Oh, sure. I mean, of course, yeah, it's because she is acting like like capital yeah. A acting right now. Oh yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, so she has to seal the scene somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but it's like, do you know who the sugar man is? And she's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then she explains that it was a bedtime story her mother told her and Jason, uh, about an evil man that would come take them away if they, uh, disobeyed their parents. Only, also, it was a real person that, uh, hung out with her dad. (laughs) Okay, so we then cut to that night where we have, uh, Archie, well, the Andrews, basically, uh, talking. Mm -hmm. And they're eating Chinese, and do you think they have good Chinese food there? Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hard. Like even in small towns, it's hard not to find like a like a like a small Chinese slash you know pan Asian food place from like an immigrant mm-hmm. family. It's hard not to find one. Um, yeah, that that doesn't mean there's good Chinese food though. Oh no, no, it's almost always like <laughs> uh, pass like passable at best. Um, yeah, two two things. Uh, one, uh, that was a nice callback because when his mom was visiting, they talked about how they only get Chinese and pizza. Uh, two, one time, uh, my family took a trip to St. Uh, Louis. St. Louis? Yes, that's... Uh, oh, and also, sorry, we've, we are meeting Malachi, the leader of the ghoulies. He's a real shithead-looking dude. Um, <laughs> but uh, my family took a trip to St. Louis to sightsee, and uh, part of the reason they went is because last time they were there, they went to a Chinese buffet they really liked. Uh, so we got to the Chinese buffet for dinner. Uh, the server saw us and immediately in Mandarin apologized to us and said, we only serve the real stuff on the weekends. Because <laughs> uh, most Chinese restaurants in America modify their uh, menu to accommodate American palates. So it doesn't actually taste like real Chinese food. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so Tallboy has called a, a parlay between the ghoulies and the serpents. And uh, Tallboy basically says the serpents and the ghoulies should join together because we lost too many numbers when they raided the high school. Because I guess the majority of our gang is teenagers. I feel like you would have some, like, just grown-ass adults in the gang. Right, you'd you'd think. But uh, Jughead's like, this is bullshit. This is a coup you've been planning to dismantle the serpents into the ghoulies this whole time. You motherfucker. And Malika is like... I really wish I were Russell Brand. Let's see it. Or maybe James Franco. It might be a more of a James Franco vibe I'm getting, it, but it's one of those shit. And uh, the the ghoulies have a fun uh they have a fun thing going on where they wear skulls instead. Yeah. Um so Cheryl finds a picture she drew when she was little of uh her and her brother and the sugar man. And I guess that makes her remember that the sugar man is a real man and not just a fairy tale her mother told her. And uh, then we cut to a uh, Betty going to Pop, uh, Pop's diner because, again, where else will they go? Because this is a big right. town, right? Apparently. Yep. Um, and uh, she goes up to Sheriff Keller, who is in his full uniform, by the way. And she's just like, even though he's off it's hours. Like, hey, I'm <laughs> off. I'm off. You just, I hate it when cops do that. Um. It's real annoying. It's just like you know, just, yeah. you're just wearing that so people still treat you with uh, with more respect than you're due, you asshole. Um, but that's me having personal uh, grudges against <laughs> all cops. 
Uh, but yeah, she's basically like, hey, I'm doing a story about Jangle Jangle. Do you know anyone about the about the sugar man and keller's just like yeah there's like also someone called like the maple man and well you know he's a, he goes by many names the sugar man the maple man the candy man the good guy man it's all clifford blossom we don't know who the supplier is i'm a shitty cop i don't know anything and then he walks out <laughs> i'm assuming the maple man wasn't a drug handle that was just what some people called the maple baron of riverdale which is pretty good i mean it's what i would call the maple baron and be like yeah look yeah it's it's the person who does uh, so does maple oh yeah the, who does the maple syrup yeah um so uh veronica's also there because of course where else do you go in riverdale she was reading a thick book um to look intelligent i guess um and so Betty sits down and they talk and Betty tells her everything and Veronica's like, oh, I am no longer mad at you because uh, that's insane. <laughs> and uh, Veronica once again talks about, I think, how she was almost assaulted. And I think Betty once again is like, hey, tell someone about that. <laughs> oh, and Betty's having a moral conundrum of if she finds out who the sugar man is, then the Black Hood will kill him. And she doesn't want anyone to die, even a drug dealer. I mean, I feel like it's uh, bad to kill someone for just uh, telling a bunch of people that uh, a pixie six do anything and they're just having cycles of (laughs) 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 There's a lot of long scenes that can be just summarized with one sentence. Yeah, they're they're treading water a little bit this episode. Uh, Like... This is the and first time. This is one of the first episodes that feels like it is going on forever. Most of the time, yeah. they go by so quickly. Yeah, there is actually not that much plot in this episode. Um, but Jughead's ranting to Archie about what Tallboy did, and Archie's like, "If only we could ask your dad." Wait a minute, we can't ask your dad. And they go to the jail and ask FP, and FP uh is like, "All right, here's what you're gonna do. The Ghoulies love street racing." So you're going to street race them for all the marbles. Which... Uh, A totally fine thing to ask my son to do. (laughs) My teenage son who doesn't have a driver's license. It feels so weird that they're just like, oh, all of my friends are are in jail now. And they're doing like a Grease subplot. Yeah. Like, Like... You know, I don't know. I just... Also, uh, while you can actually soup up any sort of car, there are actually a niche of people who like to soup up cars that don't look like they would go fast. Uh, the ghoulies speci- uh, specialize in souping up hearses, which is just hilarious to me. Oh, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I want in life. I just want a real souped up hearse. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh they're called sleeper cars. People will soup up, like, all sorts of, like, old-looking trucks. I've, I saw... Uh, a video of a dude who souped up a minivan and uh, they just enjoy modifying cars that don't look like they would be street racing cars into very fast street racing cars. It's very amusing to me. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Then we cut, uh, then we cut to another scene where Cheryl is confronting Penelope about the sugar sugar man. And, And she's just like, like, why are you, like, why did you lie to me about the sugar man? And then Penelope, in the smartest way you can possibly uh, do it, 
do this. I never told you that story. That never happened. Yeah. How dare you? Just gaslight, sir. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but she does it in the worst way possible. Oh, also, we forgot mm. to say, uh, all the people who were on Jingle Jangle got community service. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really amount to anything um, other than Reggie hitting on Josie. Oh, she, she, he's not even like, uh, not even trying to hide that. He's just like, yo, I'm about you. Yeah. You want to see my arms? Oh, Josie's kind of into it, though. She gives him a little bit of a look when he walks away. You want me to flex? Yeah, I know I'm strong. Well, what's going on? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, she looks, he, she definitely looks at his ass. Yeah. He does that thing. I think he calls her out. He's like, you love to watch me leave. And then she does. She checks him out. Yeah. Yeah. Love watching me walk away, huh? Because uh, Veronica wants to have a private word with Reggie. And I will. Uh, I will say that they they have like a little spot where they're picking up trash, and um, it definitely feels like they just put a bunch of trash in a localized area because that place is that definitely is, not a dumping yep. ground. Yep, that is one hundred percent what they did. They found a field and threw some trash in it for them to pick up. Yeah. So. Veronica is just like, okay, hey, give me your contact, and then yeah, uh, your dealer, yeah, and then and then she goes to buy some jingle jangle off the guy, um, and then she slips the name, uh, she slips the name of the sugar man to him, and he gets spooked and runs, and you're like, oh no, but then uh, Veronica calls Betty on her phone, and you realize it was all according to plan. Uh, so they follow him to his secret lair of drugs. Where they're putting sugar into paper tubes. Yes. Yep. Uh, uh, the, the, it's such a low... Yeah, they're hot gluing the sticks together, which I guess you have to seal it somehow. Um, but it's such a low-budget drug idea, it's kind of funny i mean you could just you could just literally have a like do like an opiate or something like it's yeah it's not only believe i mean they started with heroin right originally when they were like oh we found drugs in uh, clifford blossom's place it was heroin they named it and then i guess they thought about it and decided they didn't want to have a real drug because maybe that would be messy you could do uh you could do what every other show does and have it be like some heroin Div- variation where it's just like oh this is vertigo or something and you just yeah. have a little uh, I bag mean, they, of powder they, I think they call it a like uh, a meth like substance I think someone says it's like meth but yeah it's just I don't know they just went full no one wanted to do research on drugs I guess you, like it's so um, it's so easy just to put some sugar in a, in a little bag and put a pitcher on it yeah like I don't know. They they wanted they wanted to have something fun in fifties inspired. I I don't I can't explain it, Jesse. I can't. I'm just, sorry. They, it looks like pixie sticks. You could. Just, it, I mean, because it is. They just bought a bunch of pixie sticks. <laughs> That's all it like, is. Just make it look like a drug. Like yeah, you know whatever. Yeah. Then we uh yeah. It turns out that all the all the gang is going to the ghoulies hideout. That yeah. And they were like, "What are you doing here? No, what are you doing here?" Because Jughead and Archie were there to broker the drag race, and Betty and Veronica followed that one guy there. Um, and now the drag race is on. Um, now we're at Pops again. A lot of stuff happening at Pops this episode. Because again, this is a large enough town to have a north side and south side issue, and one restaurant. (laughs) Um. 
Yeah, so Cheryl was eating a nice lunch there, I guess, and Nick St. Clair comes for some grub for the road. And um, Nick's just kind of like, haha, you can't do anything. My parents have money. They paid your parents off. Also, he does a fun um, combination of slut shaming slash gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just a real gross, realistically disgusting scumbag, uh, which is what I'm talking about. How this episode has two halves and they don't fit together. They have like an actually really kind of realistically written rapist. And then they also have this insane drag racing subplot on the other end. It's Which is almost exactly the scene out of Greece. Yeah, it's it's fucking weird. Um, but he provokes Cheryl with his gaslighting and taunting, and she's like, you know what, I think I will press charges. And he's like, just kidding, my parents already paid off your mom, so you can't do anything. You, she signed an NDA. Okay, I have a question. Because this is, yes. cause so we so we, we went forward and, uh, like, Jughead and Betty are souping up the, the car, which is a muscle mm-hmm. car of some sort. Uh, I, it's Reggie's car, it's Reggie, actually. Okay, yeah, so it's the it's the, uh, Shelby Chevelle. Um, yeah. Um, and is like Betty's the one like working over the engine. Like, is she supposed to be? Like- yeah. No, they established Betty knows cars. I don't remember when. It was very briefly. It was uh, when Hal told her about uh, the true secret of Polly or whatever. Uh, they discussed how they used to work car- on cars together or something along those lines because they were in front of a car. Okay. Or he was working that on a was, car or something like that. Yeah. That was one, one scene. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was. But I will say that uh that Jughead is looking like a sexy mm-hmm. mechanic cuz he has a like <laughs> he has the first few buttons unbuttoned under his uh Yeah, he found a uh, a uh, uh, one piece overall uh mechanics thing from Riverdale Auto Shop somewhere. Or no, it's just the jacket. I guess he just No, yeah, he never mind. He would own a jacket like that. I take it all back. Yeah, but he Jughead would for sure ironically wear a nope. uh, Riverdale auto parts. But he wasn't wearing his uh, tank top, uh, tank top undershirt that he normally wears, and it was just it was just down and like you could see his chest a little bit. It was almost like he was just like, "Yo, hey baby, what's up? I know you're working on cars, and that gets you revved up." Uh, um, yeah. yeah. So they're working together, but they're not really. Uh, they haven't really cleared the air and. Uh, Betty's now upset with him for joining the Serpents, and he's upset because she dumped him. So, uh, it's like, we both care for each other enough that we are going to help each other out, but also, you know, we haven't settled this. This isn't over. Yeah, we have another capital A acting moment from, uh... Yes, Cheryl gets to actually, like, this is her big acting moment she gets to do in this show. Um, she's brought out the check to confront... Uh, her mother and says, uh, basically, you aren't getting this money till you tell me about the sugar man. And then uh, has a real breakdown um, where she's like, can you for once in your life, please give a shit about me as your child? I don't care about them. I care about my mother. You defend daddy even after he murdered your son. But you won't stand up for me. Not even against my would-be rapist. Don't be absurd, Cheryl. Give me that check. Not until you tell me the truth about the sugar man. He exists, Mother. We both know it. He worked with Daddy. Your father... Was an awful human being, and thank God he's dead. But I'm alive, and I'm begging you. For once in your life, be honest with me. Care about me more. 
it's simple. The St. Clair's bought your silence, but you're not getting paid until I hear the truth. Yeah, she even brings up. Um, it's, it's well done. Yeah, she, she even brings up this like, why are you trying to defend this person? Like, to like, your husband killed your own son, and you're still trying to protect. And you're still him. more willing to defend him than me. Yeah, yeah, and it's a real good moment. Yeah, I'll probably put it in. It was that was a really well acted scene by her. Also, I am. I don't know if I should be upset or if I'm just like not used to this. But there's a lot of just like casual. Like, just boyfriend or girlfriend sleeping over, like, clearly having, like, some sexy fun times and stuff. Yeah. Um, because, like, Betty and, and I'm sorry, Veronica and Archie are at his house. In bed. In bed. Yep. And, um. Definitely just had sex. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, they had sex at some point in the last 12 hours. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels uh, very casual. And they're, like, 15? Because none of them have yeah. their uh, license. Yeah. It's a little weird. Like, it's, like, um, I'm not saying that that you know is wrong or anything. It's just it's just weird that their parents are so okay yeah. with it. Yeah, I mean, hot hot popular teens definitely do get to have sex at 15. But uh, yeah, Fred's very chill about this, I guess. But he's also very chill about a man mur- uh, shooting up students uh, in the woods. So I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um. So then she gets like a call. Oh, also, it was uh, uh Nick. Revealed to somebody that uh, his parents and, hi- and the lodges are still in business. So now Veronica is confronting them. And this is where she lets out that uh, he tried to assault her as well. And this is where Hiram gets very, very scary. Yeah, he does. He gets very scary. And for, for one of the few times, I'm just like, yeah, you are supposed to get overly protective at this point. Yeah. Because like, mo- most yeah. of the time it's done in such a like, paternalistic, like shitty way. But this one, right. no. Yeah, sure. It's Yeah, but this time someone actually hurt your daughter. So, yeah, it's time to... God, Betty's fucking dressed like a fucking uh, can-we-do-it-ass uh, red bandana tank top well, combo. See, I know. I'm thinking more... Again, as I said, this is out of goddamn yeah. Greece. She is dressed up really as one is. of the... Uh, the Basically, the pink ladies without the, dra- uh, without yeah. the jacket. Yeah. It's just a very 50s look overall. Plane's flying over my house. Very cool. I do like the outfits of everyone, though. Like, like uh, Cheryl is also just a kid without even talking, stealing the scene. She has like a and there's American flag <laughs> outfit, basically, where she has like a cloak, oh, yeah. kinda. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of bulldogs here as well. Um, for some reason, I guess because it's Reggie's car and Archie's also racing. Uh, weird that. Archie's also in the car because that's gonna add weight, and you don't want that when you're street well, but racing. Both of them are. Both of them are like, like both both the ghoulies and the. Oh yeah, I guess they both have two apiece. Yeah. Um, so Tony's about to drop the flag, and she was like, "Um, no, sorry, it's my turn because I'm Cheryl, and I need to be extra." And she, Here I and go. She, again, she said, she "Okay, so she said super fucking high heels, like a crop yeah, top uh, that like that has it's a like almost in it. a bralette." Yeah. It's, it's God. It looks like undergarments, and then uh, bright red hot pants. And, and the way she, she waves puts on the some flag, oof. Yeah, she waves it, yeah, and she, then like goes back and like like luxuriates in the sun. It is yeah, so good. It's very extra. It's very good. Yeah. And then we get a pretty decent, um, pretty decent race scene. 
Yeah. Again, I don't think Jughead has a driver's license. This this is why it's so weird half the things they do. Because, yeah. like, it, at 15, I was not half of this. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, the first time Jughead rode the motorcycle, it was an emergency situation, and I get that. And after that, he's like, actually, riding motorcycles is fun. And just starts using the motorcycle as his primary transportation, and no one says anything about that. He for sure does not have a motorcycle's license. That's an extra license you have to apply for on top of your driver's license, which he also probably doesn't have. Well, I mean, to be f- oh. to be fair, like, Sheriff Keller is so far up of any rich person's ass. Like, it's like, like, does he actually do it? Does he actually, like, do anything? Do anything? <laughs> yeah. Um, Archie the whole time's like, Jug, we got a bill, we got a bill, we're, we're not gonna make it to the bridge, we're, we're gonna die. And then, um, he pulls the emergency brake right before they get to the bridge. Uh, Jughead's like, why the fuck did you do that? Now we're fucked. My gang is fucked. Uh, psych. The police were camping out, out there. They cut the ghoulies, uh, for street racing. Uh, and then everyone at, at the start of the race bails out. And, uh, Archie's like, don't worry, Jug. This was my plan. Now you don't have to be in the gang because everything's solved. All the ghoulies are in jail. And Jughead's like, Archie, you beautiful, dumb piece of shit. How long do you think they're going to be in juvie for for street racing? I will. I will. And when they come. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. This is also a really well acted scene. Mm Because Jughead is like. Oh, yeah. Like he gets a little physical even. He's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good drama. They they really convey that sense of drama in this scene. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good acting scenes. It's just like the the two different halves are so diametrically opposed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's like, so yeah, Jughead's like, how long do you think they're going to be in jail for? A month? Three? They're going to come out, they're going to be pissed and looking for revenge, and it's going to be on you. Because uh, Archie doesn't think things through. We know this about him. Yeah. Also, I will say that uh, Jughead looks like kind of actually, like, really cool as well, like his outfit. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really cool. His leather jacket, yeah. Like, the the jacket and the, like, he has the S shirt and everything with the glove. Like, I don't know, it looks really cool. I'll just say that, you know. Most of the time he looks a little goofy, but this time he looks cool. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl coming home from the street race um, has a word with her mother who has done some thinking and decided to tell Cheryl who the sugar man is. Or the, or the fact that there were many sugar men over the years and uh, she tells her who the current one is. I don't know why you would shuffle through suppliers like that, but okay, that's fine. I feel like you would stick with one because yeah because more people involved makes it more dangerous. yeah that's yeah but, i guess maybe the implication is that the other ones like died because drug making's a dangerous business it's probably bullshit but i mean whatever uh they needed a reason because i think they thought it would just be impossible if this guy had been the supplier for drugs the whole time i uh, mean it's not that implausible i mean the U.S. government supplied a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> Crack cocaine. Well, they bought a bunch of cocaine, Jesse. Um, and that was... I guess that was over the course of a few years. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, but also, that wasn't a school teacher. Spoilers. It's a Walter White situation. Uh, typically, if you're running a major drug op, you don't have a day job. You just are part of a drug cartel mass-producing... You know, heroin or whatever. I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
uh, Penelope, feeling bad enough about this whole thing, throws the check into the fire. And then Cheryl informs Betty and Veronica about who the Sugar Man is. And we find out it is... Dun, 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 the uh, English teacher that just wanted to reach these kids. Uh, actually wanted to reach these kids with his drugs. The, the guy who looks like the Cro-Magnon? Yes. Hiram? Yes, that one. Uh, yes, the Southside English teacher that... Come on, at least don't make them... Okay, never mind. You know, there's so little people of color this this uh, this show. Show, yeah. You know, I feel like they accidentally fall into... I don't think it's on purpose. I honestly don't think it's on purpose. No, yeah, no, it's just one of those things where they're like, okay, we need a character. Oh, we can hire a Latino guy. Diversity, yay. And then... Uh, we need a drug dealer. Uh, who's not like an important character? Okay, that the teacher. Yeah, we'll make him. We'll make that guy it. Yeah, it 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 feels like uh, you know, if, it's just they don't think things through. It's not. Yeah, I don't think it's malicious. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel any malice like towards it mm-hmm. at all. It's just I feel like they do blind cast. I feel like they actually do blind casting for the most part, yeah. and they just yeah, they need to think a little bit ahead. I think. Yeah. And also, you know, pay their black actresses the same amount as everyone that else. That also is one of them. I think that's mostly <laughs> just Hollywood being shitty. Yeah. Um. So the Black Hood calls Betty and he's like, do you have the name? And she's like, yes, but it won't help you because I already told the police. Sucker. Um, yeah, she's like, this is my game now. I'm in control. She's not in control. Spoiler. She's not in control. Uh, decent zinger, I guess. She's like, my game is I'm going to find out who you are. I found out who killed Jason Blossom. I found out who the sugar man is. And you're next. Uh, it's, it's an okay zinger, but um, I don't know that it really works because the block hood gets his way. I mean, always. I mean, how, yeah. I mean what else is going to happen? We have yep. a lot more episodes left in this season. Oh yeah! Oh my God! This um, is twenty-two episodes, not thirteen, like the first one. Oh yeah! No, they got a full season now, Ooh, baby. Bad. I really hope this gets into it. Like, I'm not gonna say that this is bad by any means. I'm just saying I yeah. needed to pick up real quick. Yeah, I think that's also probably why I liked this season the least. I don't think they fully understood how to pace out a full twenty-two episodes with their plot line. Like, you need to add some, like, because. Because I think we we talked about this, where yeah. they um, they they resolve stuff too quickly, and we were just like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they don't resolve it five minutes after. No, they resolve the next episode. But the thing is, we yeah. are already we're six issue uh, six episodes <laughs> in, and they have not left anything so far. <laughs> I yeah, I think it's just that they don't have a secondary runner. Like in the first season, they had you know like Jughead's dad's an alcoholic, and they need to get him to shape up. Uh, and they had, uh, you know, Betty's mom is controlling and abusive and she needs to stand up to her. Um, and then, you know, the, the kind of the dating subplots as well. They had all these other threads that were running throughout the season. Uh, and this one is really just kind of the Black Hood. And that's really kind of it. Yeah. And so it, it feels like it's dragging a little bit. But, uh, oh, here's a very fun scene. Uh, Hermione and Hiram are playing chess, and Hermione just gets off the phone and says, Oh, did you hear? St. Clair's got into a car accident. They got ran off the road. 
Uh, Nick Sinclair will survive, but he was quite injured. And, you know, of course, the implication is that Hiram set this up, and Veronica's like, hell yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I like my dad for right now. Um, and then we wrap up Jughead's monologuing about wearing masks and how everyone does it. Um, and then the Black Hood breaks into jail and kills this guy. No, Sheriff Keller's too Again, short. Sheriff Keller's just so bad at his job. No, he's too, it's really kind of embarrassing. He's too short. I was just like, what if this is Sheriff Keller? But no, he's too short. <laughs> All right, and that's that's the episode. Yeah. Um, wow, the, see, the second one, the second episode just, like, kind of popped in, mm-hmm. and, um, ooh, like, there's, there's stuff going on, uh, <laughs> because, because, you know, I'm technically watching two episodes in a row, so I skip the recap automatically, um, oh, right. and it just immediately was just like, <laughs> it's just like, this, Exciting. So look forward to that, listeners. It sounds like we got a good one next episode. All right, Jesse, I have our three AUs pulled up. Wait, wait, sorry. Uh, our first... Sorry, I need to say this mm-hmm. real quick. Okay. I, it's because, uh, because, you know, I was about to, you know, X out and blah, blah, blah. The, um, the next episode's uh, description is, in a chilling letter, the Black Hood challenges the residents of Riverdale to remain sinless for... <laughs> Sidless for forty eight hours, putting everyone on edge and on alert. Like, like, what type yep. of sidless? If they are wearing mixed fabrics, any sin, Jesse, <laughs> any sin at all, he'll see it. <laughs> I can't. This feels so okay. I'm really hoping this is a wacky episode because it has to be. It sounds real stupid, so I think it will be. <laughs> okay. So, okay, sorry. I just got I got All excited right. there for a moment after this. That's totally fine. Uh, G- give them something to look forward yeah. to. Uh, so our three AUs uh, today will be uh, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse AU, Robots and Androids AU, or Hunters AU. I don't know what Hunters is. I'm assuming they don't just mean the idea of people who hunt. I'm assuming that's a property. I mean, it could be the idea of someone who hunts, which would be technically the Black Hood. You know what? Now I remember what that is. Hunters was uh, that Amazon show about the Jews who hunt Nazis. Oh, the one that you said was actually okay until like really close to the end. Until like the final scene of the last episode that undoes like every theme of the show. Yeah. Yeah, quite disappointing, but that one. Is I'm assuming what they're referring to. Mm. I mean, we could bake some of these people into Nazis and have them hunted, but I feel like that's not good. Hmm. Um. Well, okay. So. Hmm. Well, how would we make the android robots and androids work? I don't even know. I guess it would be like kind of a Westworld type of thing, or maybe we just make like all the Southsiders robots and they're oppressed because of that. Something like that, well, I'm sure. I mean, that could be a thing. What was the first one yeah. again? It, uh, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which I don't necessarily know about an AU of that, but we could certainly map on some characters of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I mean, I don't know. If it comes up again, I'll not for this episode. 
Okay. But if it comes up again, I, I think I'd take it. But this episode feels a little too disjointed for that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so. Robots. Which one are we robots settling on then? Android. Robots? Okay. I guess uh, an easy way to do that would be the serpents are androids and the ghoulies are robots or vice versa. I would say that. Well, how about this? Why don't we mm-hmm. make the Northsiders androids? Oh. And the Southsiders are robots. And Jughead just happens to be like a robot that got accepted, like assimilated. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so then uh, there has been a mysterious figure targeting androids for sinning. Because uh, androids can sin and robots can't. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's also been a drug raging through this town um, that makes robots. I don't know, robots high. What? Sure. Um, okay. I mean, like, I mean, we could still from Futurama, like maybe they get shocked in a certain way and it makes them high. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's like a battery uh, or something. <laughs> Uh, so what was the plot? The plots of this episode. Oh my God. Uh, the A- How dare you ask me that question? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so the A plot is uh, all the serpents get arrested. So Jughead has to street race for the survival of his gang. And the B plot is uh, Cheryl gets gaslit about her sexual assault. <laughs> and the Sugar Man. That's the C plot. The C plot is the Sugar Man. Which is yeah okay. See, the thing is, right, I don't so like them having a realistic, like, reaction yeah, to rape, it sucks. and then having it sucks. a fucking grease, a fucking scene out of grease. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Wildly, tonally different. Um, so let's just go down the list of so the A-plot. Uh, let's deal with that. So, uh, because some of these pristine androids were caught using uh, the robot drug... Including the mayor's own daughter, uh, the mayor cracks down on Robot Town and raids the high school, arresting all the robot teens. And this is a problem for Jughead, uh, or excuse me, Beep Boop Jughead, because now his gang of robots doesn't have enough members. Oh, oh, and oh. so Tall Boy, who is a mm-hmm. real tall robot um mm-hmm. or regular sized robot i don't know uh joins up tries to join up uh with the ghoulies which is actually like murder robots like you know like the regular robots don't have any weapons but the ghoulies they have oh, guns okay. and stuff sure yeah. which makes them real bad um yep and uh and invites uh jokehead or beep beep boop jodes of <laughs> over because beep boop beep boop boop boop, boop the fourth uh was the leader and yeah. he's just like i guess you're the son of the guy who used to yep. say everything so y- you okay you share his circuitry yeah. so you're important um oh man i forgot how that went okay so he says no and then and then he goes to consult his dad yeah and uh his dad says uh robot street racing <laughs> i don't know well what if it what if we just make up like a po- pod pod it's pod racing they do pod racing <laughs> <laughs> sure yes uh they have to pod race for the game 
and um, they do, and the cops catch the ghoulies. I mean, I guess the rest of it just kind of plays out the same. It's just they're robots now. Um, so then the B plot uh, is she'll get shit on for her sexual assault. And uh, I don't really know what to do with that, Jesse. Um, let's just say that the same thing happens, but for robots, and we just skip it. Okay. I, uh, I, got, I guess one thing I could say is um, instead of uh, trying to rape her, it could have been he's tried to reprogram her, got into her circuit board or whatever. It's the same idea of violation, just uh, with one degree of abstraction, so I don't have to feel quite as gross talking about it. It's real gross. Yeah, it's really deeply unpleasant. Um, but yeah, I I guess this also, we, we can just segue into the Sugar Man because that involves Cheryl as well. Um, so this android killer wants the name of the guy who's making the robot drug. I don't know that them being androids changes this one either, Jesse. I think it's just the same episode. Yeah, like, maybe... Maybe what changes it is there is a uh, no, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. Well, we tried. Yep, it turns out <laughs> Maybe that this next was time. not a fun episode. Hopefully, All right. hopefully we get some wacky hijinks next episode. Like, okay, here's hoping. Okay, so here here's one thing. There was a lot of good mm-hmm. acting in this episode. Oh yeah, sure. It's just. That's not what I come here for. No, though. I don't. I don't come for. Well, the, I mean, I'm okay with good acting. It's just don't put the good acting right next to a realistic, you know, reaction to someone getting sexually assaulted, and not getting any justice for it. Just don't. Like yeah. it's it's uncomfortable, and I they need to stop doing real things in this show <laughs> where the main plot is a lot of kids are getting high, jiggle jiggle, and and some murderer is upset about it yeah um so let's just move on jesse what do you have to recommend to our listener um i started watching tower of god and it's uh real good well just steal my old recommendation all right well, Jesse. okay well my other recommendation is that's that's all i have i'm ju- like i don't have anything <laughs> else okay all right, Jesse, I'll bring two to cover for you, because I had one and a half. Uh, one of those uh, half recommendations, mostly specifically to recommend to you, actually. I think you'd enjoy this okay. one. But uh, all right. So first, I'll, I'll talk about my real recommendation. This is one I full-heartedly support, and that is uh, Over the Moon. It's a movie on Netflix. I believe it's through DreamWorks. Uh, not positive, but it is a very cute movie about um, a little girl in China who uh, loses her mom... And her dad is set to remarry, and she can't deal with that. So she runs to the moon to prove that the moon goddess Chang'e is real, um, because that will help remind her dad about uh, how it used to be. Because like her mom also loved that story, um, so it can it'll, it'll remind her dad how it all used to be, and he won't marry this new woman and change their lives and upset her delicate balance. And so she goes to the moon and has an adventure, and it's a fucking beautiful movie. The character design's so good, and it's such a cute, fun, good movie. It it feels like a a Disney movie if Disney like weren't kind of just bad at writing Asian stories. Um, it's see, this is the thing. So like Mulan, the twenty twenty one, that's a mess that everyone hates. 
directed by a white person, written by like four white people, uh, sucked. Uh, white person costume designer sucked. This movie, written by a white person, directed by a white person, but has like six Chinese producers on it that had deep input into how this movie went. And the whole movie feels deeply, deeply Chinese as a result. Like it feels so, uh, I don't know if realistic is the right word, but like you can, you can grasp the authenticity of, of the story being written here. It, it feels like a Chinese story by Chinese people. Um, and it's also really pretty to look at to boot. Oh. So that's my first one. Go watch that. It's actually number one on Netflix right actually, now. I, Good for them. Sorry, I do have a recommendation. Oh, go ahead. It's something that you viewed very recently mm. uh, that I posted. But um, if you ever want to see a truly real-life horror house... Uh, if you if you uh on facebook you if you look up uh 8800 blue lick road there's a group specifically going through this house that is 15 miles away from me it's in the same city as i live in that is baffling it is so it's, weird yeah it's like a sims house in real it, life it's it has multiple sub basements with shadier and shadier weird things and a real good cat, like just hidden randomly in it. And somewhere in this house, there's a room that's just like uh, floor to ceiling Girls Gone Wild porn DVDs. And if you walk past that, there's a bath, a humongous bathtub with a slide ramp in and then stairs that lead directly to a wall. It's fucking weird. <laughs> there is <laughs> multiple, there's multiple sub basements. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so you know, oh, look that yeah. up. It's weird, and th- there's a group. And hopefully, it doesn't get taken off of the website where you could do the 3D thing. But if you do want some real good documentation, look up 8800 Blue Lick Road. There's a group. They have pictures. It's it's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and then my final half recommendation uh, is uh, also on Netflix uh, called Julie and the Phantoms. Uh, it's a show, uh, about a girl who accidentally summons, uh, three pop punk band guys who died in the mid nineties, uh, and she forms a band with them. That sounds so dumb. And I think I like it. Uh, So, so it's created or either created or, uh, the person is heavily involved in, but Kenny Ortega, who I looked up who is the genius behind High School Musical and, like, every other uh, low-budget musical type of uh, Disney children's teen sort of genre uh, that's happened in, like, the past ten years. It's all been this guy. Um, Everyone is uh, acting very hard, uh, and I don't necessarily mean that in a positive way. They're trying very, very hard, and boy, are they acting their hearts out. Uh, they get a little bit better after the first three-ish episodes, but uh, it's uh, fairly inexperienced cast members, it looks like. But uh, also, the three bandmates are real fucking dumb, so I thought you'd enjoy it, Jesse. They're real stupid. You know, it's and it's one of those that every episode is less than an hour, uh, and there's only nine episodes, yes. so I'll probably yeah, end up watching sure. it while on my phone. Yeah, I think the first episode's like 40 minutes. Maybe the first two are like 40 minutes, and the rest kind of peter down to about 30 to 20 so uh yeah yeah, pretty easy watch um music's okay it's pretty enjoyable um pretty enjoyable plot 
real dumb ghost that I know you'll love, Jesse. Yes, I I will. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of a young woman randomly summons a couple of hot guys as ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, I think it's my turn. Do you think? Uh, that, does that sound yeah, right to you? Turn. Yeah. All right. Uh, well. Uh. <laughs> uh. Man, I don't. Um, street race me for it, bro. Bye. Bye. So you're a tough guy, like you really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy. Just always so puff guy. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the Self-identify as a loner, I'm not a pack animal.